Okay, in Romans chapter 10, this is certainly a familiar scripture to us. I, I trust it is anyway. And uh, I was just going to read a part of it, but let's, let's start at the beginning. And uh, verse 1, if you will please, in Romans chapter 10. And he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thy shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thy shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as I saith, Lord, who hath believed our report, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold, and saith, I was found of them that sought me not, I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Now think of that. Here's Moses, and Isaiah, uh, both of them prophesying that a bunch of heathen Gentiles, which is us, would have a chance. And thank God for that. But to Israel he saith, All day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. And you know, I, I read that and I think of it as, as a nation and how much preaching goes on in America and how little heed is given to it. And then I hear about the thousands that are being saved in some of these communist countries. 
And I think of this scripture. And Israel, you know, they, uh, I think one thing that happened to them, I think they heard and heard and heard until it didn't have much effect on them. And the Gentiles that hadn't heard when they did hear, thank God many of them were saved. And so let us pray. Our Father, as we bow in your presence, tonight I just want to thank you for another privilege to preach your word. Thank you, Lord, for, for the word of God, for the access that we have to the word of God. Certainly, Lord, in this land, we have no excuses uh, for not being saved and then for not uh, living for you and trying to win others to Christ. God, I pray that you would give us a burden Open our eyes tonight that we may see and our hearts that we may understand. Lord, I pray that you give us ears that could hear and disminister the need of every heart in this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to bring a message uh, from verse 17 as a title and uh, we'll look at different parts of this chapter. But uh, my message is faith cometh by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Now this word here is uh, a common word in the Bible. According to a source that that I checked on, uh, the word here or heard or other, uh, you know, words uh, along that line such as hearing and all, a total of 1,292 times in the Bible. Now, I didn't count them up, so I'm depending on someone that did, evidently. Of course, now with uh, the computers and all, they have the Bible on computer, and it's amazing how, uh, how these things can be figured up where it'd be hard to count them up on your own. But uh, in Romans chapter 10, it's, the word here is used five times. And the Bible said that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, how important is faith? Well, faith is the channel through which God gives his grace. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. We're saved by grace, but grace comes to man through faith. And where does the faith come from? The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Now in Romans 5, 2, he says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now that that is true in salvation is true also in the Christian life. Uh, We have access to the throne of grace. The Bible said, Let us therefore come boldly and to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now how do we access this throne of grace? How do we approach the throne of grace? The Bible says we come by faith. And if we don't come by faith, then we don't, uh, we don't get through. It's just like, uh, you know, uh, dialing a number from time to time. Uh, someone will... Uh, we'll call uh, our number and they'll say, oh, we got the wrong number. We thought it was someone else. They dialed the wrong number. Sometimes someone will call and they won't even speak. 
and they'll hang up. And uh, you get those kind of calls, all kind of calls. You know, sometime I, I feel like saying, I, if I knew who, you know, it's going to be one of those calls, <laughs> I, you know, I'd say, what's wrong? Don't you know how to talk? But uh, anyway, uh, to get through to the person, you have to dial the right number. To get through to God, there is a right approach, and that approach is faith. Faith accesses the throne of grace. Now, faith cometh by hearing. This is not going to be a very deep message, but I hope it will help us. Now, he said, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. First of all, you must hear. This is the method that God has chosen. Now, verse 14, uh, that great verse, verse 13, said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So God says, in order to believe, you have to hear. In order to hear, someone has to talk to you. Someone has to give the message. This is the method that God has chosen. Man has five senses. And it is the sense of hearing that God has chosen to communicate with man. I was thinking of that. And, uh, and I thought about a blind man. You know, uh, that uh, if God had chosen to communicate with man through sight, where would the blind man be? Let me see if I could illustrate. Let's say a man is blind. We had a blind evangelist here years ago, and, and I was amazed by him. I mean, he'd walk around the pulpit, and, you know, and he'd come up to the edge, and he'd stop. <laughs> and he'd walk back to the other side, and he'd come up to the edge, and he'd stop. And uh, uh, he had learned to, uh, to live with that disability. But let's say uh, there's a blind man, and we brought him into church, and this man had never seen a church. He'd never heard about a church. He knew nothing about a church. And I brought him in here, and this is a pulpit stand. Now, he can't see the pulpit stand. I'd say, now, this is where the preacher stands and preaches. This is a pulpit stand. He said, well, I can't see it. I don't, believe, I don't believe it's that at all. I don't believe that. Or if I brought him up and I said, oh, go ahead and, and touch it and feel of it. Now, remember, he's never, he'd never been in church. He's never heard anything about it. He feels around it and he said, uh, I still don't believe it. And uh, he touches it. He may even try to get a bite of it and taste it. <laughs> but you know the only thing convinced that man of the truth is just take my word for it. And that maybe is a crude illustration, but God has chosen through the sense of hearing, not the sense of sight. People say, oh, I know I'm saved because I looked up in the sky one day and, and, and I had this vision. I know I'm going to heaven. God has not chosen to reveal himself in that way to man. And uh, uh, I know a preacher who said uh, he knew he was saved, or he thought he was saved at the time, but he believed he was saved. He said Jesus came and stood at the foot of his bed. 
and he had a long, he had long hair and a long white robe on. And let me tell you, if you ever have a vision of, of who you think Jesus is and he looks like that, it won't be him. Because he don't look like that. First of all, and he's, uh, God does not reveal himself in that way to man. And he found out later he wasn't even saved, much less Jesus appearing to him. But the Lord has not chosen that method. Now he could, but he's not chosen to reveal himself in that way. It is not by feeling. It sure feels good to be saved. And I'm glad I believe in heartfelt religion, as Mac Hodge used to call it. And, and I believe you can feel the presence of God. But that's not what saves me. I mean, there may be times when I can't feel his presence. You ever have those times? Yeah. Are you saved then or not? Sure you are. Well, so we're not saved by, by feeling. We're not saved by being stirred emotionally. And, and or by touching or tasting. God reveals himself. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now the Bible said in Isaiah 55, 3, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. Incline your ear. Used to have a fellow in church years ago. And, and he sat on the front seat and he was hard of hearing. And, uh, you know, he was really hard of hearing when he couldn't hear me on the front seat. And he'd cup his hand over his ear. He was inclining his ear, turning his ear. You know, God designed the ear in a wonderful way. And, uh, uh, you know, the ear is designed to, uh, to pick up the, the vibration and pick up the sound. And uh, some people have large ears and some people have uh, small ears and some people have various, some of them stick out like Ross Perot, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's kind of kind of uh, very visible there. And, and uh, uh, some people have, you know, big noses and all. I, I remember Reverend Aker, uh, he had a huge nose and, and uh, he, he said, uh, of course, he, I heard him when he was uh, 110, 9 or 10 or something like that and he said people talked about his big nose. He said, you know why my nose is so big? He said, when I was growing up, I kept it out of other people's business and let it grow to its normal size. <laughs> but incline your ear. Hear and your soul shall live. Aren't you glad that God, being all wise, chose this method to communicate with man? Because... Everybody can hear, and hearing requires faith. If you see it, it doesn't require any faith, according to Romans chapter 8. Now the Bible says in Amos 8 verse 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. He said there would be a famine, a famine of hearing, not a famine of preaching, but a famine of hearing the Word of God. Now, what's he talking about? I think if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 13, as the Lord gives this uh, parable about the sower, probably uh, uh, the most familiar of the parables that he gave, and uh, the, the fellow went out and sowed, and the seeds fell in different places, and the disciples come, and, 
and question him about this. And he uses a scripture, Matthew 13, page 1015. He uses a scripture from Isaiah. And verse 15, he says, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted. And I should heal them. And then he interprets the parable for them. And verse 19, When anyone heareth, the word of the kingdom understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth the way that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now notice, they hear, but they don't understand. And then he gives the one about the stony places, and the persecution comes, and they're offended. Then verse 22, He that receives seed among the thorns, they hear the word, the care of this world, deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Verse 23, And he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bear fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Now there's the key. There's the difference. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But we must hear with understanding. And that's uh, what I hope I can do, is help people to understand the word of God. And the only way that can be possible is through the operation of God's Holy Spirit. He's the one that has to give us understanding. Notice, the others heard the word, and all of them heard it, but only a fourth of them understood what they heard and produced faith. And the faith brought the grace of God and, and brought salvation. And so that's, uh, uh, that's the way God works. And uh, faith and then life. And, uh, of course, I believe there's a, a lesson here that uh, probably 75% of all those who profess, I mean, they've heard, and they've all done something with the Word, you know. I mean, one that was stolen away, and the other, they, they received it for a while, and, and, uh, but they was offended. And the other, they took it, and my thorns grew up, choked it out. And, and uh, so... Uh, you have professing, I think, Christendom in view. I think if you stay in the context, that's what's taught by the parables. And you've got 75% of those that heard, hear the word and respond in some way that uh, it proves to be false because they don't understand it. And I think that's, uh, uh, that's, that's the key. People talk about the age of accountability. When is that? It's when a child hears the Word of God and understands, understands it enough to know they're a lost sinner going to hell and understand enough to know that Jesus Christ went to the cross for them and paid their sin debt and they can receive His forgiveness and His salvation. When they come to understand that, they can be saved regardless of what age they are. Uh, it's, that's the key, I think. They hear the Word and they understand it then they can be saved. And, uh, and uh, of course, you know, little ones, uh, I mean, there's children, they grew up in church, and, 
And I've had children grow up in church and they hear me preach from the time they can hear, I guess. And uh, uh, I mean, I can preach on hell and I can preach on Calvary and I can preach various messages and, uh, you know, they're not affected by it. I mean, they're not moved by it. But then there comes a point in the life when they begin to listen with a different ear and they begin to understand what the preaching is all about, what it means. And then faith comes and grace comes and they can be saved. So a person must hear. In Galatians 3, 2, he said, Receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Now, back in uh, Romans 10 here, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not only is it necessary to hear, but a person must hear the word. They've got to hear the word in order to believe. Now this is important. In Romans 10 verse 8, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 6 and 7 said, It does not say we're going to bring Christ down from above. We don't print in the paper this week, Jesus Christ will be here next Sunday in person, visible to the human eye. He's coming down from heaven. And you can come and hear him and receive him. No, that's not going to happen. Or he's not still in the grave somewhere and we're going to bring him up from the dead. But what's the message? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith. It's a matter of the mouth and it's a matter of the heart, the Bible says. And uh, we must hear the word. Now, in Mark 4, 23 and 24, the parable again of the sower, he gives some, a couple of verses there that are added to it. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. What's he saying? If anyone have ears to hear. If you have ears, surely you can hear. Uh, and I, he's not talking of a person maybe as deaf. Uh, and uh, uh, we talk about people being deaf and dumb. And that word dumb is misunderstood. Dumb means they can't talk. And the reason deaf people can talk, but they can't hear what they're saying. And therefore, uh, you know, it, 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 it don't make a lot of sense. Of course, sometimes their speech, there's some have learned to do it very well. But if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. Oh my, there's the problem today. Take heed what you hear. You say if you hear the wrong thing, then your faith is in the wrong place or the wrong person. Uh, uh, you know, the Book of Mormon, they're advertising that now, you know, you may have a Bible, but do you have God's other revelation? Do you have the Book of Mormon? The Book of Mormon is the book of Joseph Smith, not God. And uh, he stole it from someone else. It really wasn't his anyway. But uh, be that as it may, if you hear the wrong thing, you're going to believe the wrong thing. And your faith is going to be misplaced. And a person's not going to be saved. You know, that's why the devil hates the Word of God. That's why it hates the Bible. 
is because you've got to hear the word. He said there, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And nobody here would, would deny that faith is a necessary ingredient for folks to be saved. That's why we need to get the word of God to people. You go soul winning, you'll never see, you'll never see results until you give the word of God out. As long as you go out and just invite people to church, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because you invite people to church, if you, if you can get them to come, I mean, I, they're going to hear the word of God and they get you. And, uh, but we need to learn to give them the word of God. There's where the power is. One thing I've learned in, in witnessing and soul winning, the power is in the word of God. That's when conviction comes, when you start giving them the word of God. I mean, I've, I've seen people, just the tears roll down their eyes. I've seen people shake and tremble. Not in my presence, but in the presence of the Word of God. The Word of God. They must hear the Word of God. If you're going to get folks saved, you've got to give them the Word. And that's what we trying to do with placing these Bibles. He said, take heed what you hear. And then in Luke 18, he said, take heed therefore how you hear. What you hear and how you hear. Now in Acts 4, verse 4, Howbeit men of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. They heard the word and they believed. In Acts chapter 8, there's a familiar story about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip has been there in Samaria and had good success, and the Lord gives Philip a very unusual, uh, you know, uh, uh, instruction there. He said, I want you to go down to Gaza, which is desert. Kind of like he told Abraham. He said, I want you to go, I want you to go to a land that I'll show you. Abraham could have said, well, show me that I'll go. Would that have been faith? You see, Abraham was justified by faith. And God was putting him on trial and God was testing and trying his faith. Abraham believed God and he was counted to him for righteousness. He said, I want you to go. Abraham took off. And uh, Philip, he said, I want you to go to Gaza. Philip could have said, what for? Ain't no church down there. Ain't nobody down there. I mean, here's where the people are at. Here's where the revival's going on. Why should I go down there? Uh, but Philip obeyed. He went down, and I think the story indicates that he, he probably is down there standing beside the road. What if God spoke to you and said, uh, tomorrow morning I want you to go down stand beside Interstate 40. You go down there and have your Bible, get your big family Bible and stick her out there and go down and stand beside Interstate 40. People coming by and what in the world's wrong with that fellow? What are they doing down here? And uh, here Philip is, and he's down there, and, and uh, the chariots uh, had a big meeting up in Jerusalem. The chariots are going back, back home probably. Here comes one by, and the Lord said, there's the one. Join yourself to this chariot, indicating there was probably others. So he goes along and the fellow, uh, to, the amazing thing, he was reading the word of God. 
or at least he had Isaiah. He had that much. We know that for sure. He was reading the prophet Isaiah, and Philip said, Understandest thou what thou readest? He said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. He invites him up into the chariot, and Philip begins at the same scripture and preaches to him Jesus. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that old eunuch got saved, and they come to some water, and he said, Here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? He said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he go, puts him down in the water and baptizes him. And Philip goes on his way rejoicing. I'll tell you, that one eunuch was just as important to God as a thousand or how many God saved back in the city. That one fellow is just as important to God. And you know, sometime a little church up here in McDowell County up on the hill with a few people, God thinks is just as important to God as one with several thousand members. Just as important to God. And God loves uh, the souls of men. And so he preaches to him Jesus. You see, he needed to hear the word of God. And he needed to hear it with understanding. He needed somebody to tell him what he said, to help him understand it. Because that's what verse 14 said. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? And uh, so we must hear uh, the word of God. And God said his word did not return void. We gave you that this morning. And then the third point, and uh, he said, uh, uh, faith cometh by hearing. You hear him of the word of God. You must hear. You must hear the word. And it must be the word of God. It has to be the word of God, not the word of man, not the word of some denomination. It has to be the word of God. And uh, you know, I have problems with all these different versions of the Bible. Are they the word of God? Are, you say, well, they contain the word of God. That's, that's what many people believe, that believe in all these other versions that they, and uh, uh, someone was, i trying to remember who it was, showing me, uh, uh, a book where, uh, that had been written about uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of what version it is. I think it's the New International Version. I may be wrong. It may have been another one. But uh, the, the words that have been changed and, and some of the changes were a whole lot harder to understand than the, the King James. <laughs> and told how many hundred words have been left out and all. And so that's, that's really, that's really, not, not the, that's really not the, the, the concern is to try to help you understand it because they're making it more difficult in a lot of cases to understand. In fact, uh, I think one, I, I believe, uh, it said rivulets, rivulets. The Bible, I think, said little rivers or streams. How many knows what rivulets are? Isn't that, isn't that really making it more understandable? Uh, but uh, what they're just trying to do is, is, is pollute the Word of God. It's kind of like someone told B.R. Lakin, said, said he asked him if they believe the Bible, said, I believe it in spots. 
He said, well, I don't know where the spots are. I just have to believe you. All or none. <laughs> and that's the, that's the best way, I, that's the best advice I can give you. Just take it all and uh, the part you don't understand, just pray God to help you understand it. Uh, someone said, it's not the part I don't understand that bothers you, it's the part I do. <laughs> that's the part that bothers you. Yeah, the part that we do understand that sometimes we don't obey. But we must hear the word of God. Psalm 85, verse 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. That's what we need is the word of God. In John chapter 4, you know, let me turn there. If you'd like to turn and look at it, John chapter 4 and verse 39. Uh, the very familiar story of the Samaritan woman and how she goes to this city after she meets the Lord. And uh, in verse 39 of John 4, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. I'll tell you, she knew that had to be someone more than a man. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him uh, that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying. We have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. I'll tell you, they heard God when they heard Jesus. And in Acts 13, 44, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Boy, I think about that. I think about a time like that. Almost the whole city came. For what purpose? To hear the word of God. I wonder how many of you could get together today just to hear the word of God. But that's what we need. That's what the world needs. They need to hear, and they need to hear the Word, and they need to hear the Word of God. And give me, let me give you a couple of scriptures, and I'll be through. John 8, 47, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. That's pretty plain, isn't it? That's what Jesus said. He said someone that's of God will hear God's words. Uh... My sister died with cancer. I used to, we had a lot of fun, and I used to call her, and I'd, uh, I'd say, this is the sheriff. She'd say, yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> she knew my voice, you know. I couldn't fool her. I could try to talk like a colored person or whatever, and, and uh, don't have to try too hard, but... <laughs> Uh, anyway, with a hillbilly accent. But uh, uh, I couldn't fool her. She knew my voice. I can call my dad. My stepmother answered the phone. I don't have to say, uh, you know, this is Dean. Uh, I mean, it, just as soon as, I, as soon as I speak, she said, how you doing? Calls me by name. She knows my voice. See. He that is of God heareth God's words. When God speaks, if we belong to God, we know it's God talking. John 10, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And a stranger will they not follow, for they know not the voice of strangers. 
And then in 1 John 4, verse 6, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, Jesus said, If a person is of God, they'll hear God's words. John said, We are of God. And uh, if a person knows God, he hears us. And if he don't hear us, it's because he don't know God. That says a whole lot, doesn't it? How a person responds to the Word of God reveals what they really are. How does the Word of God affect you? You know, as a believer... I don't always do what I ought to do. But I'll tell you one thing. I want to do it. I want to do right. I have a desire. When I hear the Word of God, it convicts me. It bothers me. Because I know it's God talking to me. And it gets, gets my attention. I believe Christians are that way. I believe save people don't always do like they ought to do but when they do wrong they're going to be bothered about it and when they hear the word of God it's going to affect them a person that can sin against God and rebel against God and come sit in church and hear the preacher preach and they're not moved they're not affected they're not has no effect whatsoever upon them I don't know I think they're in serious trouble spiritually Maybe not even saved. The Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Let's bow our heads, please.